Turn with me in the scriptures this morning, please, to the book of Psalms, the 34th Psalm. Let's release faith and believe together for utterance, for the anointing. Well, you know, if people on the outside realized that we actually hear from God in here. (laughs) You couldn't fit them in the building. (laughs) But it's true. You know, the, the reality is that so many people, they don't recognize God when they see Him. They don't perceive things that are truly Him and spiritual when they're hearing it, when they're looking at it. I know there's been times that Phyllis and I in times past, we uh, some of the great men and women of God that are in heaven now that uh, if I called names, you'd recognize. We'd be with them in services sometimes and there'd be a, a couple hundred people there, 300 people there, and, and it was a huge auditorium. And, and we'd look around and go, where is everybody? This is wonderful. This is, this is amazing. But it's because much of the world is blind and does not see what's actually happening. But you know, you are blessed because you see. The Lord said to me some years ago, he said, uh, most of the world is either dead or asleep. He's spiritually speaking. Dead means you hadn't been born again. Well, if you're dead, you're oblivious and asleep. If you're in a deep, sound sleep, you can look like you're dead. You don't have much more activity. But there are some who are alive and awake. Am am I talking to some alive people and awake people? Come on, somebody say, thank you, Lord. I'm alive and I'm awake. So I'm aware. Talking about aware of God. Aware of what he's saying. Aware of what he's doing. Perceiving it. Seeing it. So you ready to hear from him some more? Right now? Let's release faith. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come together and agree together as touching this, asking you for utterance right now. I acknowledge, Lord, it is not in me, in my flesh, to do this and say this. I'm a vessel as you use many vessels. But Lord, speak through us as the oracles of God. Give us all eyes and ears that see and hearts and minds to discern and receive a supply of the Spirit, anointing and revelation of truth that makes free, answers for now, help for now, exactly what you know we need to see and hear the most right now. We ask for it in Jesus' name. We believe we receive it by faith. We know it's your will. We know you hear this prayer. We know you grant our request. And we purpose not to be forgetful hearers nor hearers only, but as you help us to put it into practice and do it, and we know you'll watch over it and perform it in our lives and bless us. To you be all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Somebody say, I'm a doer, doer. not a hearer only. I'm a doer of the Word of God. Psalm 34, are you there? Psalm 34, for time's sake, skip down to verse 8. He said, oh, (laughs) not woe, but oh, 
Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Verse 10 says, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Verse 12, what man is he that desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Now, you don't want to live a long time just to live a long time and have a bunch of problems. I mean, there's folks that's living their quality of life is just not worth living. And people act like, oh, they'd do anything just to live another half day. Uh, well, no. There's a lot worse things than dying. For the believer, there's a lot worse things than dying. But no, you want to live a long life and have a lot of days so that you can what? See good. Experience good. Consume and enjoy and experience good. Keep reading. What do you do? Keep your tongue from evil. See, he's talking about good and evil. Now, again, a lot of t- in today's vernacular, we don't use the word evil as much. We'd probably use the word bad. It has a lot of the same meaning here. Keep your tongue from bad. If you want to have good, you need to talk good. And your lips from speaking guile. Now guile is deception. Has to do with hypocrisy and and falseness and and deceiving and trickery. Don't talk any lies or any falsehood. That's all evil and bad. This is one of the main things that is evil talk. Deception. Lying. Keep going. Depart from evil. Bad. And do good. And seek peace. Peace. And pursue it. Somebody say thank you Lord. Psalm 119.68. In the NIV says. You are good. And what you do is good. The living Bible says. You are good. And do only good. Psalm 119.68. The message Bible says. You are good. And the source of good. Train me. In your goodness. Hallelujah. He is good and he does good. He is good and does only good. He is good. He is the source of good. Do you want to find out more about his goodness? Hallelujah. And that's what this series is about is the goodness of the Lord. Oh, we've said it a lot. A lot of people have said the Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. And he really is. I said he really is. He's more good than we've known. Somebody say he's good. He's good. I believe he's good. Psalm 27, 13. See, he said, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now, a session or so back, we talked about seek and you shall find. If you're looking for evil, you'll find it. If you're looking for bad, you'll find it. We studied the case of the Israelites delivered out of Egyptian bondage. And God gave them the good report about the good land. And then the spies saw it and brought back an evil report. 
and contradicted God and basically said it's not a good land. It's a bad land that will eat you up and spit you out. And because of that, they refused to believe the good news and chose to believe the bad news. If you're looking for bad, you're going to find it. All you're going to see is the giants and the walls and the problems. But Joshua and Caleb saw the same thing and they stood up and said, no, hush, get your sword, get your spear. Let's go. We can get this thing. It's a good land. Look at these grapes. It's an exceeding good land and the Lord's given it to us. The Bible calls the gospel the good news about the good things. But it says in Romans, not everybody has believed the good report. Many have chosen not to believe it. What are you looking for? If you're looking for God, you're looking for good. Right? And if you're looking for good, you'll find good. Didn't the Bible say in Hebrews 11, without faith, verse 6, without faith it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. And you got to believe something else. I said you got, you, you got to believe something else. Not just that he is, that he exists, that he's real. But you got to believe he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. What's a reward? Good or bad? A reward something good. Who's going to find the good reward? You've got to, two things you've got to believe. And, and as we study this, you'll find a lot of church-going people don't believe both of these. They believe one of these. You've got to believe God is real. And you've got to believe God is real good. Amen. Or really, if you're a sticker for English. Come on, somebody say, God is good. God is good. And God is really good. God is real. He's real. If he's God, then he's all-powerful, all-knowing. But he's also not just all-powerful and knowing everything. He is good. Good. He's not bad. He doesn't have a dark side. He doesn't have a mean streak. He doesn't have a cruel part to him. He's all good. And people trying to make sense of all the chaos and turmoil and evil in the world have believed lies saying God's in control of all this. And even though we don't understand it, he has some reason for all of the terrible things that are going on. But the truth is, good comes out of good and evil comes out of evil. And evil cannot come out of God. Because there's no evil in him. The Bible said God is light. One translation said there's not even one particle of darkness in him. Do you believe that? There's a devil. And there are mean people. And there's the curse because of sin. God didn't create the devil the devil. The devil made himself the devil. Iniquity was found in him. And we read scripture. If you hadn't been with us, go back and catch up on these things. They're very important. We read scripture that said God made man upright, but he has sought out many inventions. God made us in his own likeness and image, which means we have creative ability. Now, I don't know that I have much time I got to dwell on this right now today, but I, need, I think I need to touch on it. You can use that creative ability to create good or evil. 
The scriptures refer to people who are inventors of evil. Well, that's not something God's doing. That's a misuse of creative power. All of us are made in the likeness and image of God. And two different degrees, God has put graces and deposits of his ability in us in different areas and different measures. And you can use those graces and abilities as you choose. You can use them to do his will and seek his glory. Or you can abuse them and actually, if you want to use the term, prostitute them for your own gain and fame and fortune. You look at people in the world that are obviously talented. You know another word for talent? Grace. Talented. They have leadership ability. They can speak well. They can sing amazingly. They can play on an instrument. They, um, they have such administrative ability. Do you know what they're supposed to be doing with those graces? They're supposed to be serving God. They're supposed to be singing to the glory of God, not some trashy something. I'm serious. They're supposed to be using those administrative abilities to help advance the church, not get richer in organized crime. But it's obvious people have in them creative ability. And with that, the devil himself and many human beings have used that creative ability God put in them to create something good. They've used it to create evil and to create bad. That's not God's fault. That's not his work. It never was his will. You believe these things? But 1 Timothy 4, 4 says everything created by God is good. Somebody say everything. everything. I'm reading the NAS. Everything created by God is good. Amen. Well, didn't God create everything? Technically, no. <laughs> he didn't create the devil. The devil made himself the devil. He didn't create all this evil. That's an abuse of the creative power God put in people. Everything he created was good in its original form. Perversions of it later were not an improvement on God's creation. How many think we must stop blaming God for evil? Can you see this? I mean, there are people standing in pulpits all over the country and world, try, leaving people the idea that God was in the evil. God sent a typhoon and killed hundreds of thousands of people. And we just don't understand it, but he must have had some reason. God's throwing babies out of mobile homes into the woods and killing them with tornadoes. Really? 
They'll have preachers stand up beside the little casket and tell their parents, you know, we don't understand it, but this was God's will and we just have to accept it. No, there's killing and stealing and destroying in the world and it's evil and it's not God. God is good. If you're looking for God, you're looking for something good. He's good. He's all good. He's only good. He's always been good. He'll always be good. If it's good, it's God. If it's bad, it's the devil or you or me. Come on, are you listening? But it ain't God. It ain't God. Because if it's really him, it's good. It's good. It's good. Turn with me, please, to the book of Romans, the 12th chapter. Romans chapter 12. Now if you're not settled on that. Don't quit till you get settled. Don't just take my word for it. Search the scriptures. Not what somebody's opinion is. I know when I first started in the ministry. Training. Learning. The Lord challenged me. This came up in my heart one day as I was seeking him about some things. He said, Keith, examine everything you believe. Find it in the Word. (laughs) Say it out loud. Examine Examine everything everything you believe. believe. Sometimes people say, well, I got a right to my beliefs. Actually, you don't. If Jesus is your Lord. You're supposed to believe what he tells you to believe, not just make up stuff as you go along. And what is the standard for the Christian in what to believe? He said, examine everything you believe, discipline yourself to find it in the word. And I said, yes, sir. Remind me of it, please. And every day or so, something had come up and he'd remind me. And I'd realize, yeah, I believe that. Okay, where's it at? Sometimes I'd know a scripture. But a lot of times I'd think, "Mm, I'm going to have to look that up. But I know that's right. (laughs) And more than once, I'd get to looking for it. And I'd go through the concordance. And I'd go through the concordance. And I'd go, now, come on, I know this is in here. (laughs) I know this. And guess what? It ain't there. And I realized I heard that's something Grandpa said. That's something Mama said. That's something uh, I heard a preacher say back years ago, and they didn't have any scripture for it either. Come on, are y'all with me? Discipline yourself, friend. That includes everything you hear me preach and teach. And anybody, where's the scripture? If you got no scripture. Don't you be basing a bunch of belief in it. In Romans the 12th chapter. He said. I beseech you brethren by the mercies of God. Verse 1. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy acceptable to God. Which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what? Prove what? What is the good. And acceptable and perfect will of God. Now skip on down to verse 9. Let love be without dissimulation. Now that means hypocrisy. Do you know there is a phony love? 
There are people that are too sweet. <laughs> it's actually a little bit nauseating. There's, you know, it, it sounds to the, the unenlightened, it sounds good, it sounds kind, it sounds godly, it sounds like love, but something bothers you about it. You go, what is the deal with that? They're just, oh, brother, we just love you so much. <laughs> yeah. And we just want God to get all the, oh, it's not me, it's not me. And you think, well, that sounds right, but what's wrong? Phony. Phony. That's what's bothering you about it. It's not real. It's not genuine. And there's some things that look and sound like love to some people, but it's, it's not real love. Let love be genuine. Let it be real. Abhor that which is evil. And phony is bad. How many know nothing about God is phony? Nothing. Sit out loud, Lord, deliver me. From phony. <laughs> Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. That's why up in verse 2 he talked about you need to prove and test and find out what's good and what's bad. And then when you find out what's bad, what do you do? Stay away from it. Right? When you find out what's good, what do you do with that? Wrap both arms around it, right? Stick to it. Hold on to it. When you find something good, don't let it go. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why I'm holding on to Phyllis. Didn't the Bible say he that finds a wife finds a good thing? Oh, man. I said something last Sunday about, oh, taste and see. And I talked about cornbread. I got two fresh pans of cornbread this week. Phyllis made me. Oh, yeah. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love. Now, we're about to get into some things. What is the New Testament commandment? Love one another, which is actually your brother and sister. And there's also an application of loving your neighbor. That's not the same thing. Love one another is your fellow Christian. Love your neighbor. Another word for neighbor is nearby. Whoever you happen to be around at the time. Somebody said, which one am I supposed to love? Both of them. <laughs> Kindly affection one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another. Not slothful in business. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. Continuing instant in prayer. Skip on down to verse uh, 17. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible as much as lies in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. Now that's another way of saying don't repay evil. Don't avenge yourself, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance, or we might say payback, is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. 
Therefore, if your enemy hunger, say, well, good enough. Sorry, rascal. Try to hurt me. <laughs> That's his problem. If your enemy's hungry, if your enemy's hungry, let somebody else deal with it. Because I, I can't be around them. After everything they've said and done to me, I'll pray for them. <laughs> well, that's good if you really meant it. But he didn't say just pray for him. What did he say? If he's hungry. Feed who? Who? This is not just somebody you thought might not like you. They don't like you. They despise you. They are against you. Maybe they have hurt you terribly. And you find out they're hungry. What did the word say do? <laughs> you feel the rush of excitement through the crowd. <laughs> if he's thirsty, what do you do? Give him to drink. For in so doing, you shall heap coals of fire on his head. You might say, now you're talking more of my life. <laughs> coals of fire. Burn that rascal. <laughs> and yet, <laughs> what exactly does that mean? Verse 21. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. God is not evil. So if we choose to do some evil, even if people have done us evil, we choose to do some evil back to them. We have left the Lord. He can't be a part of this. You know who is glad to help us with evil? <laughs> he will give you all kind of ideas. How to get them back. Both Matthew and Luke talk about this. Do good to your enemy. Pray for them that despitefully use you, mistreat you, hate you. Do good to them. Now, many have heard this, some form of it, and they believe it, but the only motivation for them to do it is that it's the right thing to do, but I don't want to. Oh, but friend, there's a revelation here that is life-changing about this. Hallelujah. I'm seeing things myself I hadn't seen and seeing it clearer and better than I've seen it before. What do you do if somebody does you wrong? What does your flesh want to do? <laughs> I used to do sport fighting. <laughs> And, uh, I mean, for years, I did it intensely. And uh, a guy came from another town one time, and, and I was just, I was at the gym when I didn't have to be, and, and uh, I'd just spar with anybody that wanted to spar. That was, I was going to do that. And I had, preaching was the furthest thing from my mind. I couldn't have found you a verse. I could kick you real hard. 
But I, could, I, couldn't find, I couldn't have found you a verse. I'm so thankful because by now, I, in fighting, I'd be an old man. And even if you win, oh, man, you'd have all these injuries. And, you know, you know I'd be walking around like this. <laughs> I, I respect that, but I'm thankful for what God called me to do. I'm, I'm rejoicing in my call. And uh, this guy came over. And uh, he was a, he, he was a setup. He came and acted like he didn't know anything about fighting, and wanted me to teach him. So we're sparring, and he's floundering around, and, and I'm I'm letting my guard down and letting him get in on me, and letting my guard down. all at once. He came together and hit me so hard in the face. I forgot what time it was. <laughs> He's no novice. Actually, I spit shavings off of my teeth. When you get hit hard in the face, you can't see. Your eyes water up. And uh, I got out of the ring. And I'm standing. I can't, even, I can't even see anybody. I'm standing there. And I had one thing on my mind. <laughs> anybody know what that might be? I, I mean, I don't think I had anything else on my mind except one thing. The guy that was over the place there, he came and he grabbed me. He said, uh, "He said this is over, Keith." He said, "Come over." I said, "I said no, I said, no, it's not over. No, I couldn't even see." I said, "No, I'm fine. I wasn't fine, but I said I'm fine. Give, give me just a minute." He said, "He looked at me. He said, no, Keith. You're, you're this." I said, "No, sir. Please." He said, "Okay." Uh, you know what I'm thinking? You hit me. I'm gonna hit you. I'm going to hit you. I'm going to hit you so hard. You're going to hear bells for two days. Right? That's the flesh. You hit me. I'm going to hit you. And it doesn't have to be a physical slap or a physical fist. How many of people can hit you in a lot of ways? Where it hurts. And what comes over you? Oh, man. You, you ever feel your face just turn bright red? <laughs> you, huh? Come on, y'all sit up there and look at me so holy. <laughs> Have you ever felt the intensity just hit you and you go, what? You're going to do this to me? What, what just comes, comes barreling to your mind and your emotions? I will get you. I will get you. You do me like this? You hit me? I will hit you. You hurt me? I will hurt you. But what did the Lord tell us? I said, what did the Lord tell us? Payback is mine. It ain't yours. If your enemy is in need, what do you do? Hit him while he's down. <laughs> he'd do it to you he would do it to you take him out what do you do if he's hungry feed him if he's thirsty give him something to drink does that mean because you want to oh no there'll be times your flesh is going 
I am not taking this over to them. After everything they did to me, no, I'm not calling them. No, I'm not seeing them. No, and yet, and yet, the word says, don't repay evil with evil, but do good. If somebody does bad to you, what do you do to them? You do good to them. And Peter says it's because you've been called to blessing. And if you're going to reap good, you can't sow evil. I said you can't sow evil. They need somebody to take care of them. If they don't repent, somebody will take care of them. Not everything is settled in this life. But nobody gets away with anything. Hmm? If you don't repent and accept the, the cleansing of the blood and forgiveness, you're going to have to face that and deal with that. When you know the truth, even people that are mean and cruel, when you know the truth, you actually feel sorry for them. Because you know where they're headed. You know what's going to happen. You know this life's going to be over just about that quick. And, and man, they need to change. They need to repent. Go with me to Samuel, please. First Samuel. Recompense to no man evil for evil. The Lord said, vengeance is mine. Payback is mine. Here's a perfect example of this. A perfect example. In First Samuel 24. First Samuel 24. We have the story of David. We know just in a few verses prior to this how that uh, as a young shepherd boy the Lord gave him victories and, and, and miraculous deliverance from bears and, and lions out in the wild. And then he used his faith to take down Goliath that everybody was afraid of. And everybody in the country knew about David. And he even got to come and, and stay with the king and his family and, and play on the instrument for him. But Saul began to envy him and began to detect that he could replace him. And God had spoken judgment to Saul concerning Saul because of his disobedience and his rebellion. So he tried to kill David numerous times. He, he personally threw spears at him, <laughs> tried to pin him to the wall. Well, David had to leave. He ran away. But now he is number one on the most wanted list <laughs> in, in the country there. And they're chasing him, and the elite forces are out tracking him. And, I mean, they, they really can hardly stay in one place over a day or two. Well, on this occasion, in the 24th chapter, it came to pass... Verse 1, when Saul was returned from following the Philistines, it was told him and said, David's in the wilderness of Engedi. And Saul took 3,000 chosen men out of all Israel and went to seek David and his men upon the rocks of the wild goats. 3,000 special forces. They mean to get him. And he came to the sheep coats by the way where was a cave. And Saul went in to cover his feet. Now that's code for he went to the bathroom. And David and his men remained in the sides of the cave. 
Who are you laughing about? <laughs> and, uh, you know, just a, a side thought here. The Word and God are not crude. God is not crude. He doesn't use crude language. Crude language is ungodly. How many know there are crude ways to say things? And there's nice ways to say things. The more we develop, the more we learn that. And instead of, you know, saying something offensive and saying something that's startling and unnecessary, the Lord will give you a word that's so nice, (laughs) even to describe something that's not so nice. The men of David, and to him he said, Behold the day of the Lord. When he went into that cave, verse 3, David and his men were there inside the cave. That's where they're hiding. And that's the spot Saul picks to go in to go to the bathroom. So he's by himself, he's away from his guards, and guess who's right there with him? David, David guy he's trying to kill. And David's men, who later were heralded for their courage. You don't want to get in a fight with these guys. And the men of David said to him, look, it's the day the Lord said to you. They're quoting him prophecies. They said, the Lord told you he would deliver your enemy into your hand and you can do to him as seems good to you. And so David got up, he went over there and Saul had laid his, uh, his garment aside and he cut the, the bottom off of his garment, clipped it off. And it came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him because he had cut off Saul's skirt. That was disrespectful. Oh, there's so many good things to learn here. Can you be disrespectful to somebody who's trying to hurt you? (laughs) And he said to the men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master. The Lord's anointed. Here's a man who's virtually demon possessed. He's a murderer. And David calls him. The Lord's anointed. Why? Because no matter how he's acting now, God did choose this man and put him in this place and put his spirit on him. And even though you may not be able to respect everything a person says or does, you must respect the place and the fact that they're chosen of God. That's why you disrespect God himself. But we need light on these things, don't we? He said, God forbid that I should do this thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth my hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. He says it again. He's the Lord's anointed. So David stayed his servants with these words and suffered them not to rise against Saul. He had to hold them back. They were ready to kill him. They thought, well, they're tired of running too. They thought, man, this is it. You're not going to get a better opportunity than this. You don't have to kill him. Just close your eyes. Stand over there. I got this. He said, no, no, you're not going to do it. Verse 8. David also arose after and went out of the cave. Saul rose up and went out of the cave, went on his way. And David got up and went out after him and cried after him and said, he said, my Lord, the king. Now, who's who's 3,000 special forces out there looking for? Him, David. 
And when Saul looked behind him, David stooped with his face to the earth and bowed himself. He he knelt down. Why? Because he is the king. He's acting devilish, but he's the king. And he's God's choice. And the anointing has been on him. And David said to Saul, Wherefore hearest thou men's words, saying, Behold, David seeks your hurt. Oh, now do you get this? Saul is listening to other people lie to him about David. It's the enemy influencing Saul through people around him. Telling him lies. David's planning to assassinate you. David's got plans to take over the throne. David this, David this. You better watch your back. He's after you. That's what you got to do. You got to kill him before he gets you. But they were lies. David respected him in spite of his devilish ways. And he said, they're telling you David is trying to hurt you. Verse 10. Behold, this day your eyes have seen how the Lord delivered you today into my hand in the cave, and some bade me to kill you, but my eyes spared you, and I said, I will not put forth my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. Moreover, my father, see, see the skirt of your robe in my hand, for in that I cut off the skirt of your robe, how many of he was close enough to do that? He's close enough to kill him. And I didn't kill you, know you, and see there is neither evil nor transgression in my hand. I have not sinned against you, and yet you hunt my soul to take it. The Lord judge between me and you, and the Lord avenge me of you, but my hand shall not be on you. Huh. This is light. Sometimes the strongest thing you should say is this right here. The Lord judge between me and you. You're trying to hurt me. You've done all this to me. But my hand's not going to be against you. I'm not going to try to hurt you. As says the proverb of the ancients, wickedness proceeds from the wicked. But my hand shall not be on you. Evil comes from evil. Why did David not kill him like that? He's a good man. Good comes out of good. Did he do him something good? He's out there trying to kill him and he spares his life. Keeps his men from killing him. Which means immediately he's going to have to run for his life. And all indications are they could catch him tomorrow and take him out. He said, my hand's not going to be on you. And whom is the king of Israel come out? After whom? After whom do you pursue? After a dead dog? After a flea? What am I that you got all these special forces out here running all over the country trying to catch me? I'm sure there are a lot of other problems in the kingdom that the king should have been tending to. Stood out there messing with him. He wasn't his problem. The Lord therefore judge, be judge and judge between me and you and see and plead my cause and deliver me out of your hand. And it came to pass when David had made an end of speaking these words to Saul and Saul said, is this your voice? My son David? And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. What's happening? Why is the king, this great big guy, he's head and shoulders taller than everybody else, and he's the king, he's standing out there crying like a baby. Why? Coals of fire. 
Oh, come on, can you see this? Coals of fire are coming over his head. He's thinking, and you know, on another occasion, you'd think he'd have got it this time. He didn't. Later on, he went and tried to catch him again. And a similar thing happened. David could have killed him, but he didn't. And he called to him again. And that time he cried and was broken up. And he said, I'm a fool. Saul said, I'm a fool. I've played the fool and erred exceedingly. What caused Saul to see this? David's good act toward him. Oh, come on, can you see this? David's goodness towards Saul. Saul, at this point in his life, like we said, he's virtually a demon-possessed man. He's not seeing things right. He's tormented. He's vexed. He's in a mess. And yet, when David does, in response to Saul's evil toward him, he does this act of honor, of love, of mercy. These coals of fire, now there's more than one way to see this. Coals of fire is a hot burning thing, but also the Bible talks about coals of fire off the altar of God. This came over him. Yeah, I believe he's ashamed for acting the way he is, but also he gets clarity. His mind clears up. Come on, can you see this? And he sees at this moment, I'm acting a fool. What am I doing out here? This man's not my enemy. He's trying to hurt. I'm the one trying to kill him. Would I do this? I would not do what he just did for me. And clarity came. Oh, come on, can you see this? Oh, this is important. This is important. Friend, if somebody's doing evil things to you, somebody's been hurting you, have hurt you, trying to hurt you, the last thing you want to do is try to do something mean to them. Because if you do, that act confirms all the lies the devil's been telling them about you. When you actually try to do something to hurt them and get them back, then it appears all the lies they've been believing are true. Oh, but if you'll choose to, bite your lip, unfold your fist. Come on, are you listening to me? Huh? If you need be, get in your pocket, spend money. Not because you want to, not because you feel like it, certainly not because they deserve it. But because the Lord told you to repay evil with good and to overcome, oh somebody say overcome, overcome evil with good. The Bible said love is the fulfilling of the law. Love works no ill, no harm to his neighbor. Love won't hurt you. Even if a lot of people think you need hurting. Love says, well, that ain't my department. Payback is not my area. It is not my prerogative. It's not left up to me. And besides that, I don't want to sow judgment because I don't want to reap judgment. And I don't want to sow doing evil to you because it'll come back on me. Not even thinking about you, just thinking about my future. Oh, but friend, can you see this? That if you love somebody... 
that absolutely. Did Saul expect this out of David? It shocked him. And it shocked him to his senses. Coals of fire did come over him. He, he cried. He's standing there crying like a child. And he said to David, you're more righteous than I am. Because you rewarded me good. Whereas I rewarded you evil. And you've showed this day how you've dealt well with me. For as much as when the Lord delivered me into your hand, you didn't kill me. If a man finds his enemy, will he let him go well away? Wherefore? Now this is Saul. It, has he got a moment of clarity here? He's crying. He's repenting. And he says, the Lord reward you good for what you've done to me today. Here, we got his enemy speaking blessing over him. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Right? You do this kind of thing of ministering good for evil, and you'll have people who thought for sure they hated your gut yesterday. They'll be going, I hope they do good. I hope they do good. (laughs) That's right. Is that what we see right here? Night and day. Thing turned on its head. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Look what he goes on to say. He says, now behold, I know well that you shall surely be king. And the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. We got the king publicly yelling, crying. Somebody say coals of fire. Coals of fire on his head. Crying. See, can you see his mind has cleared up in the presence of God here in repentance. The lies have gone away from him. All this evil torment, this spirit that's been harassing him is gone. And he's standing there going, I know you're going to be king. Don't you know some of his men around him were shocked. They're like, never believed I'd have heard that out of his mouth. I know you're going to be king. And I know the kingdom of Israel is going to be established in your hand. Now swear to me, if you would, that you'll not cut off my seed after me and you won't destroy my name out of my father's house. And David swear to Saul. He didn't say, I can't promise you anything. He swore to him. And Saul went home. And David and his men got them up to the hold. They continued on the run. Go with me in closing to John 13, please. John 13. Somebody does you evil? What are you going to do? Help me out. What are you going to do? They try to poison you? Do something good for them. Don't hurt them. And in so doing, it's going to give God room to move. It's going to give God place. And it can be that people come to their senses. Now, whether they stay there or not, that's up to them. But they can come to their senses and realize the devil's lies and the truth. In John 13, John 13 and 34. He said, a new commandment, Jesus said, I give to you. That you do what? Love one another. How? As I have loved you, that you also love one another. What did Jesus do to the people who spit on him? Who mocked him? Who nailed him to the cross? What did he do? He looked down from the cross. Come on, anybody remember? What did he say? What did he say? 
What do they need more desperately than anything in their life? They need forgiveness and mercy so that they're not judged for what they're doing right now. And who better to ask the judge for them than the Son of the Most High? Father, forgive them. They don't realize what they're doing. Do you know the Bible said after, uh, you know, Jesus gave up the ghost and the place became dark and the, the veil of the temple was rent, that those that stood around him, even those hardened soldiers, they stopped and they said, surely this man was the son of God. Did he get through to them? He wasn't cursing from the cross, railing his fist, yelling and screaming, God's going to get you. I'm going to get you. No. No. He repaid them good for evil. And it opened their minds. It opened their hearts. Verse 35, what does it say? By this, by what? By you loving somebody, which includes being good to them when they're bad to you. By you being good to them and loving them, it is a witness. Oh, somebody say witness. It's a witness that God is real and that God is really good. It will cause people who may have think they're so intellectual, they're beyond all this religion stuff. It will cause people that have been so deep in darkness and sin, they hadn't seen, had a straight thought in many years. But it will cause when you, gen, not, not, not in a holier than thou Doing something because I'm goody goody and you're no good. No, no, that's that pretentious love that he's talking about. You're doing it because you really do care about him. You're doing it because you know God is real and you're obeying what he said. When you do good for people that are doing you evil, the reality of God will dawn on them. His goodness is a witness of his reality. His goodness in you is a witness he's real and he's here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you believe it, saints? Jesus said by this, by what? By you loving each other. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples. If we're his disciples, he must exist. He must be real. Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.